So good morning, everyone. How are we today? Okay, I got to be honest. I didn't expect to see half of you here with how cold it is. So you're wonderful people, and the Lord will richly bless you for not being afraid of weather. Thank you. I think. I don't know. I, who's to say? Last week, we talked about the Lord's Prayer and working that into our regular prayer lives. I heard from a few of you kind of how you have been able to do that and, and some, of the, some of the almost testimonies out of how that has worked into, um, into your relationship with Jesus. And I, I pray that that continues for you. We're going to talk today about blessings. About blessings. Now, at the end of every service, we, we do what's called the priestly blessing, where, where as, as it was delivered in the book of Exodus, we, we deliver that from the stage. But we're, we're going to talk about how this applies to our lives today, maybe a little bit more. If someone sneezes, you say, bless you, right? And so I had to Google this week, where do, we, where do we get this bless you from? What, what, what is the, the background behind this? Has anyone ever Googled that? Because it's hilarious. Okay. So back in the days of the bubonic plague, um, an edict came from Rome that the symptoms of the plague also included sneezing. Therefore, if somebody sneezed in front of you, this was probably a sure sign that they were going to die. Therefore, the Pope said, if you hear somebody sneeze, say bless you immediately. Get that in there just in case they die. There was another, another article I read that I thought was kind of interesting too, that in more primitive cultures, that if somebody sneezed, it was thought that uh, a demon was trying to escape. So if you could bless them immediately after that sneeze, the demon couldn't get back in. So if you subscribe to either of these thought patterns, continue on, continue on, bless as many people as you possibly can. Um, and it's also just kind of nice. I sneeze a lot, so I, I've got demonic issues, apparently. <laughs> Lord, help us all. What about, um, we, we kind of bless people too, even in the simplicity of singing happy birthday, right? Like, think about it. Someone has a birthday, there's cake, there's candles, blah, 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 and we're, we're like, happy birthday too. It's kind of a nice thing to say. And then we Christianized it by saying, uh, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you. Because we couldn't leave it alone, we had to sneak that in. So that was kind of nice. Do you, okay, side note, do you remember in the 90s when it became like a big thing that in churches, you couldn't have a potluck lunch? You had to have a pot bless lunch? Does anyone remember this? Someone, does, okay, we've got one. I'm glad that the rest of you are drawing a blank. I remember my first pot bless lunch. I was thoroughly confused. I didn't know what a pot bless lunch was. Why, why can't it just be a potluck? I know that a potluck means you pick up a bucket of KFC and you bring it. That's what a potluck means. A pot bless, I don't know what to bring to that. I'm confused. But we have all of these weird little things that we, we kind of attribute to blessing in our lives. 
And it, it's, it's nice. It's nice. Those are nice things to do. Say bless you if someone sneezes or sing them happy birthday. It's kind of like extending warm wishes, some kindness for their day. It's very similar to when somebody says, I'm sending you good vibes. It's nice, I guess. Like, send me good vibes. I don't know what that means either. I've never actually received the good vibes if they were late and appearing or whatever. But in a church setting and in Christianity, we, we understand blessing a little bit differently. In more liturgical areas, we would someone would say, uh, peace be with you, and you would say, well, some of you, okay. A blessing is kind of this. This is our working definition for the day. Agreeing with God's heart for people. It's as simple as that. And we'll expand that in a few moments. But think about when you're at church, when you're at school, when you're at home, when you're with your family, with your friends, whatever, you spend a lot of time talking, right? Like some families talk more than others, and some families talk less than others. But we spend most of our time talking. And in our talking, hopefully we are saying positive things. Hopefully we are blessing the people around us. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, obviously, you can do the opposite of blessing someone. You can, uh, you can be rude, you can troll, manipulate. But let's pretend for a moment that we're all adults and we've never done that. That we've, uh, we've all developed in our maturity past the point where these things happen. We speak positively, we bless the people who are around us. It's like back in youth group, we were talking about it this morning. There's always that lesson every year where you, where you talk about Proverbs 18 and you talk about how you want to speak positively into people and you would, uh, we would always get a cow's tongue and you pass it around and everyone's like, that's disgusting. I was like, well, there's power in life and death. And, and it's, would, did that confuse someone? We would get a cow's tongue from the butcher as an object lesson in youth group. Welcome to Pentecostalism. We want to make sure you are afraid to gossip with your friends. That's how you miss the rapture. Cow's tongues help. Okay. So those of us in this room with the power to speak, the power to use any words whatsoever, and those of you at home as well, because many of you are cold and watching online, those of us who have the power should use wisdom and exercise it before we speak. I'm terrible at this. I know some of you probably are too. But there's such an incredible amount of authority in the fact that we can use our words to affect life change to the people around us. So how important is a blessing? Well, for Jacob who wrestled with God in Genesis 32. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the 
man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life was preserved. This tells me that a blessing from God is something incredibly important and something I probably want. Here's my fear. Here is my fear. My fear is that we are so complacent as a society, we are so complacent as a people, that we overlook the blessing of God because we can just bless ourselves. We live in a, in a time, in a day, in an age where, where we have wonderful health care. We have jobs. We, we have education. If you want to learn more things, you go back to school. We have food. We live in a country in Canada where we're relatively safe. We're pretty blessed people. My fear is that we're very complacent in that, that we don't understand how incredibly important and special the blessing of God can be on our lives. So the concept, though, of blessing other people and even receiving blessing how does, how does this apply and translate to the people who live in 2021? Let's think beyond the physical, beyond things that will affect you today and tomorrow. Number one, you have a place in a blessing. So in 1 Peter 2.9, we've talked about this extensively in the past, but the concept of having a priesthood of all believers, the fact that we are joint heirs with Christ, the fact that we are considered a royal priesthood, a holy nation, we are the people who represent God on earth. We are the people who get to do his work. We are, we are the priesthood of all believers, and we are ambassadors of Christ with the power of life and death in our words. So as people who can bless, please understand, then that means that you can also expect a blessing. If you can give a blessing, you should also be able to receive a blessing. James 1.17, that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. In him there is no change and there is no shadow. Everything good comes from God. In Ephesians 1, 3 to 6, did I get, oh, I gave that to you. Fantastic. Thank you, Faith. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to his good pleasure of his will, to be the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestows upon us in the beloved. 
he has bestowed upon us. So I think the important thing here to remember is this. You can bless people, period, with your words. And you should be able to accept a blessing. It's like forgiveness. We often, sometimes we can forgive other people, but how hard is it to forgive yourself of things? That's far more difficult. So please understand, you can bless and you can receive blessing. And this kind of puts us in the same, the same thought pattern, but point number two is our motivating motivation. I think back to last week, we talked about the Lord's Prayer. Okay, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgiving and forgiven, paying it forward. When we choose to bless people with our words, what we're choosing to do is to remind them of what God thinks of them. I'm not talking about the, the happy birthday song or the, the sneezing bless you, but when we choose to say things into someone's life that actually blesses them, that affirms what God has already said about them, that brings us to point number three. It makes it agreeable. So the difference here as we talk in this series about prayer, but the difference between prayer and a blessing is really kind of slight. Prayer calls for something to happen through faith. When you're praying into a situation, you're praying for someone, you, you are calling forward something that is not there yet. You're calling forward something that needs to materialize. We, we pray for health right now. We just speak health over this person, and um, we pray for a good job, and we, and we pray that you would restore their relationship. So you're praying into something with faith. A blessing affirms God's heart towards a person or a situation. So it's slightly different, but not really. Here's the thing, though. You're not changing God's mind about something. And I think this is always important to remember in prayer. You don't come to prayer thinking you're going to affect a situation and, and you're going to pull a fast one on God. That's not how prayer works. In the case of a blessing, we're affirming what God has already spoken over the human race. Affirming what God has already said needs to happen. Think about, um, think about Jesus' interactions for a moment. Jesus gives us a picture of God, a picture of God in, in the sense of what would God look like as a person? It's Jesus, right? How did he handle situations? Well, we know that God does not cause sickness because Jesus affirms health. And Jesus heals the sick. We know that God does not cause pain because Jesus steps into situations and restores. We know that God does not give us shame because Jesus spoke into situations and restored dignity for people. I want you to go with me for a moment to 2 Corinthians 9. So here we have Paul. And 
Paul is in a situation, this is his second letter that he's writing to this church, and this is one of the more charismatic churches in the Bible, and for some reason they keep getting confused, and they keep falling over here and over here instead of staying on the straight and narrow, and so Paul has to keep writing them letters, and so this is his second letter. And so in the middle of defending himself, in the middle of speaking out against false prophets, in the middle of talking about all the things that they're doing wrong, he says this, and God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of every good work, as it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed and sowing an increase in the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. You don't have to love everything about the people around you in order to bless them. You don't have to think everyone is awesome in order to speak kindly and to affirm what God has already spoken to them. This coming week, here's, here's my addition to last week's homework of trying the Lord's Prayer. Is to number one, know that there is power in your words. There is an incredible amount of power in your words. Know that people deserve to be reminded of God's love. Know that you deserve to be reminded of God's love in his heart. And then affirm the character of God in people's lives. I'm not just talking about their physical lives, but their, their spiritual lives as well, the people you're close to. And maybe this is something you just need to do for yourself. Maybe you need to stand in the mirror and remind yourself how much God loves you. Remind yourself that you were created in the image of God. Remind yourself that he thinks kindly towards you and, and has great plans. So let's, let's make this practical today. This is how we'll make it practical. And then the band, you guys can prepare to come back to your instruments, minus the drummer. In the world of 2024 in Brandon, Manitoba, it would be weird to go up to someone and uh, open up number six and stand in front of them and say, can you just stop for a sec? Doug, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep, like, you'd just be like, what? What's happening right now? This is not what we're talking about. Let's make it a little simpler for today. You don't need to make it weird. Believe it or not, Christians don't have to be weird. We're good at it, but you don't have to be. Strategically say something kind to someone this week. Just pick a friend and say, you know what? You are doing a great job job 
you're doing a great job because you're gifted, because you're competent, because you're kind, because you're hardworking. Those are things you can say to someone that doesn't even know Jesus. Just be kind. But what you're doing is you're affirming what God already thinks of them. Remember Proverbs 18, 21. The power and life of life and death are in our tongues. What if your words this week caused life change for someone? What if you were a jerk and you were unkind? And your words were the last thing that someone heard? Or what if the last thing that someone heard before they had to make a big decision in their life, before, before anything else happened, the last things that the big decision weighed on was the kindness of God. As a priesthood of all believers, as ambassadors of Jesus, we have the ability to affect change, life and death. Even Romans 2.4 says that his kindness leads us to repentance. So as his people, as his ambassadors, as, as his priests on planet earth, would it not then be our kindness that represents him, the power of life and death? So this week, I encourage you, practice blessing someone. Practice finding someone to bless. Maybe it's someone that annoys you. Maybe it's someone that you love to pieces. Bless them this week.